0: My name is Adrian Pope, and with us today is Velma. We got a special guest today. Uh, She's our millennial expert, because today our subject is all about millennials. And so I have a wonderful BuzzFeed article here. Uh, It's titled as 21 Most Annoying Clichés About Millennials, and I think it'd be fun for us to react to them um i haven't even looked at it yet we'll just see how uh what all of these cliches are and see if they piss us off and uh if we have any good defenses for uh our brethren and well, sister hopefully we get pissed off by something from buzzfeed <laughs> yeah <right. laughs> and waste that brain power <laughs> yeah all right first up uh, number one millennials oh wait hold on uh so yeah millennials are sick and tired of hearing these 21 annoying cliches about their generation number one is all millennials love their smartphones. Do you think that's inherently a bad thing that we spend so much time on our phones? Yes. Well, I mean, <laughs> is that like a millennial thing? I mean, how often do you see baby boomers on their phone just as much? Yeah, that's true. I'm at the airport a lot and old people are on their phone just as much as young people. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, that might not be the fairest personal. Right. Yeah. I don't think that's a fair criticism of millennials. I mean, it might it doesn't even make sense since everybody has and smartphones now. I would right? argue that
1: Gen Z is probably on their phones more than we are because they're like 8 to 25 right now.
0: Plus, I mean, older people had smartphones before the iPhone came around. They had Blackberries. I mean, smartphones and yeah. Palm Pilots and, and, you know... They just
1: couldn't do as much in the past. Now they can yeah, do everything yeah. for you.
0: Plus, they had yeah. newspapers and smut romance books.
1: <laughs> those still exist. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure yeah, those are still being written every their phone. Yeah, yeah, but,
0: uh, you know. Um, what, what do you think your phone does for you? Do you think you're very productive with it? Or do you think you probably waste more, way more time than you would be willing to if you knew how much time you actually wasted on your phone? Well, well, I mean, it really depends on what you're doing. If you're on your smartphone, does it really matter if you're doing anything on your phone rather than watching TV? I mean, what el- I mean I always wonder about that is like what else are you doing in your free time? It's not like people are sitting down and practicing learning another language. They're not going over like advanced math. I mean, most people are typically wasting their time anyway. So if it's on a smartphone, at least there's a chance of reading something interesting instead of just watching TV.
1: Oh, I don't think the general population's reading anything interesting. I think the general population is looking at pictures. Well, yeah, they're reading, yeah. They're reading well, the between, articles like this one. <laughs> yeah, yes.
0: I mean, what's the difference between sitting on a smartphone, playing a video game, or looking at puppy pictures, or just watching TV? There's really no difference. True. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And at least with smartphones, like if you're on a, on a news feed from social media like Facebook or Twitter, at least you're getting a lot of different opinions, points of view. You're, maybe you're getting <laughs> well, photos. I think right or- off the bat, you should probably be suspicious of any news you see on Facebook yeah. <laughs> as a general rule. <laughs> so that's a funny thing. That's kind of a generational divide because like, when millennials, when the internet was first around... And we were in school, everyone said, Don't look at anything on the internet and believe it. Treat everything as it's fake. And now all the baby boomers see on Facebook. <laughs> you know, X-Y-Y-Z I love the Facebook post where it's Clinton. like copy and paste this long message or Mark Zuckerberg will delete your Facebook if you if you don't yeah. post this and share it by eleven fifty nine tonight, your Facebook page or, will be yeah. deleted. Or you but. see that stuff like if you don't publicly state that you don't want your pictures to be taken (laughs) for profit. And then you have idiots posting, you know, I don't know if this is true or not, but just to be safe, Facebook, I do not consent to you stealing my photos. (laughs) It can't hurt you. They own you. Yeah. So is that anything, is that (laughs) any little bit of Facebook, social media, is it any bit as bad as anything people were doing in the past? Right, that's a good point. Yeah, and plus, you know, what was the fake news before phones and internet, uh, um, you know, posts? Wasn't it just like your uncle or your dad being some racist? <laughs> saying, you know, blacks got smaller brains than the whites. <laughs> you know, that's a scientific fact, you know. You get fake news no matter where yeah. you are or who yeah. you know. Well, I mean, before social media, it was some racist just sitting on his porch talking to people who walked by. <laughs> yeah, yelling things after them. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. All right, uh, any other thoughts more on phones before we move on to the second cliché that millennials allegedly hate? No, let's go to the second one. All right, number 2, I really hate the participation trophy comments. Um, I'm so it, that it gets a little uh, journalistic here. But yeah, let's just talk about let's just cut it there. I don't want to read the rest. Um, well, I've heard people at my trophies. job say that Yeah, I've heard people might... Well, it's the idea that millennials have to be given stuff because they grew up getting participation awards.
1: We did not grow up getting participation awards. At least not in my sport. We would get... If you won, you got a trophy. If you lost, you got nothing. And you went home.
0: Well, yeah. Well, first off, this whole thing is so anecdotal, first off. Second off... um, no five-year-old is going to the store and buying trophies it is the parents (laughs) doing that for their children for whatever reason and if anything that if you're going to blame the children you should really be blaming the failed parenting strategy of telling your children they're still good even when they lost you know what i mean yeah i I think it really goes down to the parents because there's so many parents who cannot deal with the fact that their kids are average or even below average especially when it comes to like school grades and sports and stuff it's like you know, it's not the kids that you know uh, are begging their parents to go up to school and yell at the teacher to make them get an A instead of a D or something like that. You know, no student, yeah. no kid yeah. does that.
1: Well, also, it doesn't matter at that age usually.
0: Yeah, that's true. Getting
1: an A or a D, parents are a little bit crazy. There has to be a reason, cause all of them end up.
0: Well, well, it's an ego thing. If you can't, if you can't accept the fact that your kids are like, you know, either dumb or untalented, you know, not that they'll be that way forever, but I mean, like, nobody can be good at everything. But you know, how many parents these days want their kids to like be learning like sign language, like right out of the womb, or uh, you know, learning Spanish at like two, and then Is it's that a competition common? thing. I, haven't heard. I mean, I don't have children, so I can't say, but... No, I mean, but people are always looking into doing that. You know, it's like how many kids we went to high school with were in all kinds of activities to make sure, you know, it would be good for their college. Um, you know, kids that don't like sports, but, uh, you know, I, I was a swim coach. I knew tons of kids who started hating swimming because their parents would, you know, force them to do it so much. You know, they would go to every swim practice and then their parents would take them up to the pool in between swim practices with the real coach. And then the parent is like hounding the kid to like work harder, train harder. And it's like, well, your kid's nine and now they hate swimming. So they're never going to be the swimmer that you want them to be. And it's the same thing with all sports. True. Very true. You get the thing now with, like, sports where actually, like, kids are actually getting, like, developmentally harmed because they're working, they're doing so much exercise at such a young age that their body's not formed yet, and you're kind of, like, stunting their growth or, like, bone plate development um, you know, certainly kids burn out like never before, probably. I mean, like in the 70s, you know, you didn't have this kind of like helicopter overbearing parenting, you know, it's like, hey, go, <laughs> you know, hey, go out into the street and don't come back and bother me until, uh, you know, the, the street lights are on or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, good thoughts on that one, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, number three—that uh, we that millennials should be able to pay off college completely by working a part-time job during the summer. Oh yes, like, that's a possibility these days.
1: Wait, that's well, just like how serious? out of touch are you? You know what I mean? Yeah, that was. That's like good. going to a
0: grocery store. <laughs> well, what is that? Uh, uh, that joke from Arrested Development when the grandma says, oh, it's just a banana. How much could it cost? $27? It's like, how out of touch are you? You know, <laughs> yeah, right, you know that's in the opposite so. way, obviously. But, um, yeah, to think that a part-time job or even a full-time job could pay off. Yeah. You know. Well, if you yeah. think some schools, you know, tuition might be $25,000 mm-hmm. a year, not oh, yeah. counting books or living expenses. And it's like... You realize there are Americans making that much a year, right? Yeah, So if they're working full-time or, you know, two jobs, I mean, I don't know how you pay some of those more expensive schools. Well,
1: especially summer jobs. I remember a summer where I, I guaranteed I worked on a farm, so that's part of it. But, I mean, the guy was a, what was the generation before the boomers? Before the Boomers? They call it the Greatest
0: Generation? The Greatest Generation. The Greatest
1: Generation. What a name. Yeah. Um, He was from the Greatest... Hey, you win a World War, and you get a Uh, a little credit, too. Just wait till we have a
0: generation that everyone agrees name is the worst generation.
1: Yeah. He was from the Greatest Generation, and so he offered me $200 for the whole summer that I worked weekends. So I worked every day for about nine hours a day. And I worked on the weekends extra, and he gave me a, and I'm not joking, a $10 bonus to my $200 stipend. Which, if you actually add up the math by how many days and hours I worked... I was getting paid $0.79 an hour. Well, but for the record, is is this like a millennial
0: thing? They can't afford education or the fact that you're a terrible negotiator for your earnings? Well,
1: my point is... Or that you volunteered
0: to be a slave for three months. Yeah, what job was that? There are some jobs.
1: Uh, I worked on an organic farm. And I will say, while I only got paid $0.79 an hour... I did eat a lot of my salary, so (laughs) it was delicious.
0: So I think for this question or this- But my
1: point, my point was you're gonna have a range from people that are making almost that little to people that might make an actual two grand or something. That two grand is like the average uh, college student stipend for sciences. So like, that's high too, usually (laughs) it's just a grand for the whole summer. And so if you expect us to pay off all of our loans, which can be from 25000 to $75,000, 100000 how does that equate?
0: That's very true. I think yeah. the answer to this one is just experiences differ.
1: How much? How many <laughs> summer jobs would you have to have to actually pay off your loans that quickly? Well,
0: then you get in the whole thing of like internships and what bullshit internships are. That companies have made it legal for... Um, young people to work for free yep. and you get labor for free which goes against you know all of our labor laws and then on top of that what a lot of people don't realize like probably the experience. Well, yeah they're getting the experience but what people don't realize is you know especially people who hate affirmative action for people disproportionately affected by race relations in this country's history yeah. is that if you're working for free that's a, f- a form of affirmative action for rich people who can support children working for free for a year or two or more while they work their way up to the sweet cushion jobs. Yeah, that's a good point. That It's literally like affirmative action. Um, I'm going to write that note down, actually, just to to use for later. But that's a good idea. And on top of it, you know, it's like everything with conservatism in America and like the economic inequality. Um, You know, it's like a huge problem that so many colleges every single semester are raising... They're raising prices and then offering more amenities that don't really matter to an education from an educational standpoint so you start having like giant gyms and pools and uh, restaurants for lunch you know you have restaurants in the cafeteria all these dining options you get all these extra all these extra things that really mean nothing for education but it allows them to keep inflating the costs every semester and on top of that like all things uh conservative, you know, you get these like uh these boars and these Uh, like uh, administrative staffs that are super big and bloated and the president because they're raising the uh, price of tuition and getting more students and making more money therefore the president therefore is entitled to higher salaries for bringing more value to the school and then by doing that you know that's more money you're taking away from the actual you know educational programs and so it's just kind of like this race to the top of everybody wants more money and granted you know say what you will about you know the government funding schools uh you know i've heard some good takes that the uh like government spending so much money purse uh for students to learn is actually encouraging all of these administrative staffs to just bloat the cost anyway since so many students are getting government funding so that then they can just keep raising the price you know the families might still be paying the same amount of money if uh, the price goes up according to uh, the kind of government... uh, uh, Well, the issue with that is that it doesn't matter if the price goes up because the government gives low-interest loans to people regardless of what they study, regardless of where they go, and regardless of how much it costs. So the government's incentivizing because, you know, in the past, if you couldn't get a loan that you thought you'd be able to repay, you probably wouldn't go to college at all. But now since anyone can get a loan... Um, and, it, you know, the fact that if, you know, if you can get a loan or not, it's not going to affect attendance rates. There's no reason to lower prices ever also, because you're never essentially going to lose your co- potential customers.
1: Well, they are losing their potential customers, actually. So at least at small colleges across the country, um, they're having an attendance problem. I was told this in an interview. Uh, there's a drop in people going to college in general, and the colleges that suffer the most because of the financial burden are the small liberal arts colleges. Oh, really? Yeah, so they're actually, a lot of them are going under.
0: But is that like a national thing? Yeah. they there's fewer people going to college?
1: Nationally, we're having fewer people going to college, fewer people going to private colleges, which is usually small liberal arts. Mm-hmm. Um because the tuition is higher and instead they are going to state schools or not going at all. I mean think about it, this is like the, the YouTube generation. You can go on YouTube today and if you say something funny or if you find a quirk you can get paid buttloads loads of money at a young age. We
0: get paid more than almost any profession yeah. that's serious. Yeah,
1: right. Yeah. So yeah, they're having a problem actually with attendance, so if you think about it, if you have less students coming to school but you still have to keep, even just like maintain your actual school and your faculty all need salaries and your staff and all that stuff. You have to raise tuition because you don't have a choice. What's an interesting well, but on the other hand, also,
0: there's also a trend of like adjunct teachers. So not only is everything going up in terms of like salaries and then the costs and then government funding, but on the same hand, so many schools and uh, universities are getting rid of tenures. Um, and they're having a ton of adjunct teachers teach everything is basically like uh, almost like the equivalent of an independent contractor instead of an actual employee. Yeah, well, that's the free market for you, right? Yeah, I call <laughs> adjuncts
1: basically like the new internship for the graduate level. Yeah, kind of. You get of. paid dirt, uh, you replace someone else, so you're never accepted into the faculty community because you yeah. are literally taking someone's salary. Um, yeah. And it's cheaper. Deans think it's cheaper. The problem is the people that actually suffer from all this are the people that are paying their salaries, which are the students.
0: Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Because then they're, they're paying more and they're getting a, you know, arguably probably a worse experience given that, you know, they have a teacher that's kind of like worried at all times that they're not going to be asked back the next year. And, you or know, you they're just people who are willing to work how. for less. Yeah.
1: What's that? Well, you have a lot of people that get fresh out of a doctorate program that have no experience teaching that are then like, well, I can get an adjunct position, and then they teach, but they don't actually know how to teach. They just know their subject really well. So, like, my example of that would be, maybe you know a lot about snails. Like, you know everything there is to know about snails. And you could yell that information at a group of people. I feel like you're personally
0: attacking me right now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And maybe... They would understand, like, a little bit about snails, but they probably wouldn't, because you'd use language that only you really understand, and it's a little bit higher. Uh, And so, unless you are taught how to teach, or you have a natural ability, you may not be a good translator of that information.
0: Very true. uh, What's a solution, do you think, for this... I mean, is it is there a solution that's not just probably a lot more people should not go to college because they're not up for it, and then maybe we can uh, stop having like schools have like a hundred and thirty majors that they offer. Well, is I that- would
1: wonder like if we could look at a system. It would take too long. It would never work here, I don't think. But in a perfect world, if we could look at a system where we didn't basically pretend like going to school was better. I feel like we have this sort of hierarchical... uh, If you go to get a bachelor's, then you're in a different, you know, bracket. Economic bracket. Economic bracket. If you go get a master's, you're in another economic bracket. Get a PhD, now you've reached the top. You know, you're in the top... Well, not the top economic bracket, but... But at least in academia. You know, like in academia at least. But Um, how do you
0: make it so that it's not... um... I mean, because right demonize. now going to college is kind of like the bare minimum show that you have the focus or the attention right. or the experience. Like, what would I replace think, that as that kind of, like, fundamental building block of, well, well, I know what I'm doing and talking about now. I have a degree.
1: Well, I think what the only thing that would break that up is I think that's fine for some people. Some people should do that. That's what they want to do. Go do it. You know, you kind of have to go through a lot of schooling to become a doctor or a lawyer, that kind of thing, or a professor, too. <laughs> But if you want to, and I think America kind of demonizes this side, and I think Australia does a really good job of not demonizing it, and it's really the British, I guess, because Australia is just British. Um, sorry, <laughs> Australia. Um, <laughs> but, uh, Shout out to the British. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but they do tracks. So there's like a track that is academic style, and then there's a track that is you're going to have a job, and it's going to be something uh, more manual labor style, more you're constructing the city and having like upkeep. So they don't demonize it though. It's like, oh, I, I'm doing a trade instead of the academic route, and they're cool with that. They're like, oh. What yeah, if we trades?
0: adopted the uh, politics of an ant colony? You're a drone. <laughs> you're you you're gonna take care of babies. <laughs> you're gonna dig tunnels and eat garbage or something.
1: Well you that's the that's Sign the me key.
0: up for that job. That's <laughs> I wanna dig tunnels and eat garbage. The
1: key to the whole system over there is so hard. The key to we the We found whole,
0: the golden solution. Shut up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the key to the whole system over there is that it's not other people telling them what to do. You're gonna do X, you're gonna do Y, yeah, you're that's gonna true. be an ant. It's them deciding because you give them the information you're like here's how your scores are going they all are given a number which is kind of controversial because they're literally ranked america's like the part- actually this goes back to your participation problem where we all get trophies we hate telling our children that they're average or whatever but they don't have to necessarily be average i think intelligence is on a spectrum and you can't say- we already we basically overvalue academic intelligence and we think that's the best intelligence. But there's intelligence in other areas that we just don't value as much in America that if we did put more value towards that, we would actually, I think, have a better system. Like child YouTube stars, sure. we should value that. I mean, they have their place, I guess. <laughs> See, what I, do you think,
0: I think I think one uh, one kind of salvation of these problems is just the specialization of labor. You know, with the internet, and now like anybody can... Uh, you know get famous like combine you know like restaurants are starting everywhere just blending like japanese food with mexican food and then the, you know there's like some kid that can play like the lute with his toes and you you know like i just feel like the special to, specialization of labor maybe you can find your niche and you know even if it's some weird art you, well, I don't people think will give you money labor or something per se, but the specialization of entertainment
1: i knew a kid that could juggle pillows with his feet
0: no, but I mean, like, at a certain point, it is labor. I mean, granted, like, here, everyone's on quarantine, so what are we all doing? Watching TV, movies, yeah. listening to music? None of that would be allowed, you know, none, we would be miserable right now if we didn't have artists and at least to some degree uh, finance them to be able to have a living to continue making art that we like and enjoy. Sure. You know, some kid that, like, throws up and, like, makes art out of vomit. <laughs> you know, there's, there's a niche there, I'm sure. No, I don't know like who would want to look at that, but... All right. Uh, any other last statements on that kind of idea of like school and university before we go to the next one? No, I think we're ready to move on. All right. Let's see. Um, here's here's one. This, this one's a little different in the way they phrase it. It's a quote. What's wrong with your generation is, insert anything, and it's ruining the country. Your generation is... Okay, so this is the response. But basically, I guess the theme of this is like... I love when people say, like, millennials have ruined the restaurant industry. Like, millennials are ruining Applebee's. Millennials are ruining, you know, insert whatever. Um, do you think we're ruining everything? Or just that certain aspects of the economy uh, are not applicable to our degrading standard of living? <laughs> like, More like funny is because, it. Well, these articles are written by people who aren't millennials and they're complaining about them. So it's like how... How arrogant and self centered are you that everything your generation did in life is the most important thing that everyone should do? Right, a that's
1: word a word
0: Yeah, um, on top hubris. of that, like, yeah, I mean, there's, there's some degree of hubris, yeah. Uh, that's um,
1: not what I was thinking of. Starts with J.
0: Well, it's funny because I always think of the funny one people, I saw an article. They said millennials are ru- ruining the diamond industry because they're not buying diamond rings. And, you know, the joke is that, like, we don't have enough money to buy them. But then also that, like, maybe uh, people realize that the diamond industry as a whole is a stupid cartel controlled, like, scam, if you really think about it. Yeah, literally how a cartel. <laughs> yeah, it's literally a cartel that restricts. Um, artificially restricts the supply of diamonds when, in reality, diamonds are not rare on Earth and they're not particularly hard to find if you were to just walk around some places where you find a lot of them. Yeah, Um, ironically, uh, with zirconia, zirconia is actually uh more bright and brilliant than diamonds are and they can Mm -hmm. be like um you know with computer uh systems they can be like so surgically cut that you can make them like essentially perfect um with lasers and that now ironically people want diamonds specifically because there are all these blemishes and you can tell it's a real diamond when it's not perfect even though zirconia is a brighter shinier more perfectly cut uh Mm -hmm stone that you can get which mm. just goes to show how stupid it is and how like made up it is that diamonds you know are such a cultural like cornerstone of like marriage and uh, wealth and things like that well yeah and uh, why would you spend all that money on a diamond ring when you could turn grandma's ashes into <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true yeah how, how far we've come <laughs> right. technology uh, um uh, is there- is there any... Oh, here's another one. People are talking about how millennials are, like, killing home ownership, And it's funny because I saw something recently that, like, the joke is that, like, millennials don't want uh, houses for them and their kids. The Millennials only want to buy a house so that their dog will have a yard to play in. <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. Kind of true. I know a lot of, like, crazy dog true, ladies. Yeah. You know? um, well, and that's a funny generational thing because you can complain, like, why aren't millennials buying... Um, you know houses. You could There's also say, why are baby boomers buying? You know subprime mortgages. There's no way they could ever afford. You know <laughs> what? Well, you know what's what I mean ba- better or worse?
1: Aren't buying houses because they have too much debt.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Plus, buying a house is not necessarily an important investment you need to make in your life.
1: And I would argue that a lot of people back in the day. Maybe not in school, but your parents or someone would tell you how to buy a house. Our generation has not been told. You know what, though? I I don't know
0: if I necessarily agree with that, because I hear that a lot about like personal finance and paying taxes. And like I know for a fact that my high school had a personal finance class, and nobody took it seriously. The teacher was like a typist teacher that also had to do that class. So granted, it wasn't a great class, but even if it had been... Most high school students don't point. really give a shit.
1: That's kind of my point. Is I guess so. Is your teacher that was supposed yeah. to teach you this stuff did? They do it
0: like an afterthought. Yeah. And it's
1: an afterthought and we The PE teacher stupid, teaches us
0: how to do taxes. <laughs>
1: stupid high schoolers. You cannot trust yourself when you're in high school. You don't know what the shit you need to know. And you think you're all that. That's like the high school thing. You either think you're all that or you think you're the worst. And you don't trust any adults. It's the time. Which worst were you, valma to teach us. Which one were you, Obama? I, I just didn't want to be there. I just wanted to do pottery and just you know eat. Well, here's
0: a really here's a really funny thought. You know, you can complain about teachers or parents, but it's like, do you really want to be taught personal finance from yeah. the entire generation that doesn't have six hundred dollars to spare for a car for, uh, for a car going uh, bad? I mean, how, I, I read a statistic that they said that the average American. Um, has le- like a, I forget what was it, the average 50-year-old had like something close to only $100,000 saved for retirement. So if you're 50 and you're 15 years away from retirement and you only have a third of the money for retirement, like clearly an entire generation of people on average has been failing personal finance themselves. Yeah, yeah, of course. So it's, it's, it's really rich that they're complaining about baby boomers and our habits. Right. Uh, Well, I guess we can tie it into the next one. I skipped one because it was the same thing about uh, education and paying for tuition and student loan debt and stuff. This one's similar, but it's uh, anything regarding many millennials' inability to afford a home, blah, blah, blah. You know, rent goes up um, when our standard of living is like declining. So that's kind of the same one. Any other ideas on uh, houses or home ownership or things like that? no Mueller. all right no. here's I mean, one I, I <laughs> well, really... we have a lull in conversation I don't think you have to ask if we yeah. have any other ideas here's one <laughs> no. I really hate the idea that millennials are entitled and rude they'll scream about how we're too pc these days politically correct and in the same breath whine about how people don't have manners anymore that's kind of a good, uh, that, a good... I
1: will say we're a bit whiny You think we're whiny?
0: I don't personally think we're any more whiny than any other generation.
1: No, we're whinier because we can be heard more. Because of all our technology.
0: That's kind of true. We have an outsized uh, outlet to vocalize.
1: You could be whiny back in the day and the people in your house would be like, shut the fuck up. Yeah, again, it's just your racist uncle or cousin
0: or something that hears it. (laughs) But
1: here, we're like, oh, I feel this way about something. I'm now going to tell the entire world. And mostly, right. the people are going to argue with you, or they're going to back you up, and it's just—I don't know if that's a healthy outlet, honestly. Sometimes yeah. I feel like dumb things should just be said in your own space, and then you can let them die there. And we don't also, I don't
0: anymore. think people—I don't think people are less <laughs> rude, or people are more rude now. Considering it was only like fifty years ago where people would get bent out of shape if a black person was drinking from a white's water fountain. <laughs> oh you know? well, yeah, I mean, like I don't so think that really makes sense. us. I don't think it's hard. I don't think we're competitive with that group of people. <laughs> yeah. And if that's the trade-off between uh, chivalry and outright societal racism, I think maybe we took the right one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 That's true. Cause one time I was in the grocery store. This is very anecdotal, but this like old white lady in like a fucking motorized scooter was like saying. She literally leaned over to me and said, "There's too many black people in biracial marriage these days, aren't there?" And like she said, like aren't there? Like I would agree with her. And I was just like, what? But, like, she I was just, like, I wasn't even looking at her. She said it just as I was passing her, and there were, like, black people or, like, a mixed racial couple down the aisle or something. And I, like, literally did not register it, uh, what she said, because, you know, I, I was literally just doing my own thing shopping until I was, like, already past her. And, it, like, the thought just, like, to- like. Is that the person saying millennials are like, we're too PC. It's like, yeah, you should not be able to just lean over to somebody else. You don't know who happens to be white and talk shit on like mixed race couples. You know, like that's, <laughs> that's such a weird thing. And I wish like I had actually heard her or something. Cause like, you know, she's in a motorized scooter. She's old. I could have like mocked her for her grandma wings and her like lack of teeth or something and called her a fat fuck and been like, uh-huh. you know, and then if she gets all bent out of shape, it's like, oh, you know, all, all these kids in their PC, you know, all these old people in their PC, you know, it's like you it's the people, the people who are most concerned about political correctness are the most butthurt when then people talk shit about them to their faces or in public or, you know, in, in some kind of cultural, uh, you know, medium <laughs> yeah. of art. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's very true.
1: Yeah, that's the loudest people usually have the
0: biggest. All right, here's another one Uh, how millennials lack fiscal responsibility and that we don't spend our money appropriately. Well, I think if you look at the entire nation's history, you could say one generation after another has no fiscal responsibility. (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) And I mean, if, if that's at the federal level, like, entire generations of people can't get. I mean, in the post-world war ii period there have been four years with budget surpluses one under one year of nixon and then three under uh clinton and uh, the last one is clinton's budget in george w bush's first year um so the fi- you know the the fiscal year budget approved by clinton before he left office and was still being run by george w bush's administration so if you've had, you know, in the last 80 years, four years of a balanced budget with a surplus, how could you argue that, you know, anybody is fiscally conservative or fiscally uh, sound or whatever, whatever right. you want to call it? And this one is very uh, circumstantial because what people think are wastes of money are other people's hobbies and... Uh, you know, for instance, you hear a lot about, like, millennials, like, wasting all their money on, like, comic books and, like, cartoon mm. things and action figures, which, okay, I'm, I'm maybe sympathetic to some of those nerds who buy all those, like, furry tails and then they wear out in public, you know? Have you seen that? Those, the people with, like, the tails, like, the fox tails? <laughs> I mean, there's always fucking weirdos yeah, out there. Yeah, again, like points. I'm kind of sympathetic to, okay, maybe yeah. that's a weird use of money, but again, that's not my interest. You know, people would look at me spending money on like, uh, like paint supplies or something because I like painting, and, you know, arguably that's a recreational waste of money that's not, you know. But, I mean, again, it's, like, with specialization of labor, the people who make those furry tales or, like, all of those brony posters and costumes that, you know, all those bronies do. Like, you know, someone made all that stuff, designed all that stuff, and, you know, if they can find a niche that people are willing to give their money to, I guess, power to them, it is weird. I bet it
1: looks weird. Yeah. For the people that didn't grow up in our generation, where they, like, you know, like, I mean, we ate canned ham mixed with something else that I don't actually know now that I think about it because it was cheap and we, my mom would fry up our canned ham and that we thought they were amazing we thought it was a special thing so they were like <laughs> poor back then <laughs> and I feel like their, their outlook is probably different we're like I can't believe they're spending money on those furry tails that serve no purpose when you need to save and spend money because you're going to need to feed your family kind of thing. So I get where they're coming from. Like, yeah, but I mean, if you don't
0: dying. have a family, I, you know, I, well, I don't know. Well, it's so arbitrary, though, the what the way of what people get, like, worked up about. Because, like, how many people's grandparents went to see Gone with the Wind, like, 20 times in theaters? How is that different than wasting your money? I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah, you money know how, how many nickels different. they spent to see all that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. At the Nickelodeon? <laughs> that yeah. might have been before uh gone with the wind but yeah. joke's aside, <laughs> uh, yeah but i mean that's you know
1: i, I, I mean you hear anything, a lot about a that with like uh,
0: you hear a lot in culture because like especially uh i guess people our generation but maybe more generation x that came before us it's like all the comic book movies now that everyone you know people are only really willing to spend their money in theaters these days on big uh like Marvel and DC comic book movies, which I guess that's another thing people always complain about is, you know, they blame us for that. But, I mean, it's not like we're the only ones going to movies or whatever. Well, yeah, if you go to one of those Marvel movies, how many people in the audience are older than you? You know what I mean? Right. What? <laughs> I mean, it's so many people keeping the gate of what's normal and what people should be doing yeah. with their money completely arbitrarily based on whatever the hell they do. The movie industry as a whole is kind of dying, and people blame that on millennials too. But is it really our fault that like the whole medium of going to a movie at a theater with a crowd of people has not uh, essentially well? No, here's the thing about the movie like industry. The movie industry is not being killed by millennials. It's being killed by Netflix. So movie studios have right. an issue where you know in the in in decades past they might take a risk on a. Interesting movie that was a weird pitch idea from like some weird director no one had heard of Sundance Theater. Yeah, exactly. But why would you take that risk now if Netflix is already throwing money and Disney and Apple Movies or whatever are throwing money at just anybody who wants to make anything? Why would you put like a hundred million dollars towards that if someone if Netflix will give someone a hundred grand for it? Well, you're looking. You're looking at the difference. You're looking at like movie production companies not spending money not so much the movie theater the movie theater industry is kind of failing because people can watch movies more comfortably and simply at home because of netflix and stuff but the movie industry the movie theater industry is not suffering because of uh the content available on netflix but just because the content is freely available from home That's the funny thing, though. Hold up.
1: The (laughs) other reason people stopped going to movies, because what was the draw at the theater? The draw at the theater was you could get a huge, ungodly-sized popcorn and literally put liquid butter all over it. And that was acceptable, because you could go sit in a dark room with a bunch (laughs) of other people drinking giant Cokes and eating their butter-sauce popcorn... And we didn't have to think about it and look at each other. We were at the movies. Like, you could do that. It was a safe space for you. And then they made it super fucking expensive. Yeah, they that's made true. a crunch bar, like, $9, and everybody went, what the fuck? Or what a happened soda to my for, my like, 7 <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Where I could what do you eat think the solution for them is? Of food. Do you think well, no, the solution
0: the... should just be you maybe a higher ticket price, but you get unlimited popcorn and soda? I mean, obviously that's where they're making their money is that, like, you know, maybe they can get more people to go buy a ticket if you have What's free it? food or something. The bottom line for the, the, the uh, movie theater industry is that I'm sorry it's way better to just watch a movie at home mm-hmm. than to go drive somewhere. Right. No Being in a room full of other people some of whom are probably on their phone or talking, and then some jackass brought a baby, who's gonna <laughs> and <some> cry. <laughs> masturbating in the back. <laughs> yeah, ah, a the bunch of like yeah. dry humping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I- I'm I'm sorry to the.
1: We can't shush anybody at <laughs> yeah. home. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> right. Um, here's one. Uh, it's that we're that millennials are lazy. We actually want to work. You know, we want to contribute. This one's. That's literally all it says but i think the idea is basically that you know everyone calls us lazy and that uh maybe their their rebuttal is that basically we want to contribute in our own ways maybe not just contribute in the way that's like we work for 35 years retire for 10 and then die (laughs) you know well that's That's, the funny thing is like how do you criticize millennials for being lazy but then also criticize them for wanting their dream job and making a difference like those are two yeah. incompatible things. And another thing is, like, maybe it's a good thing if a lot of young people think, I don't want to go work for some dog shit company to be treated by some dog shit manager who doesn't know anything for years and years and years until the off chance I get promoted to be that <laughs> dog shit manager.
1: It's definitely yeah. a spectrum. You're going to have people that just suck, Oh, yeah. And then you're going to have people that are very, very motivated. But I agree with you.
0: All right. Uh, we get on that one, it seems like. Gotta go to the next page. All right. Um, <clears throat> number 10, that everyone born between 1980 and 2000 are basically the same generation. And they have little parentheses here that 1980 people were born, were out of high school before anyone had internet beyond dial up. And then 2000 to now, I guess, is people who can barely remember a time when iPhones didn't exist. And uh, I don't know. This, this one seems a to get petty.
1: I don't understand what you're saying. Yeah, what's saying. the complaint? Yeah,
0: I think the complaint on this one is just that people think anyone from, like, 1980 to 2000, like, born in that time period is, like, some monolithic group when, you know, if you were born in 1980 and grew up in the 80s, you have a different, you know, than us. You have a different life experience than us who grew up in the 90s. Which, yeah, this one's kind of meh, but... Well, you could probably stand <laughs> about any 10-year period. If, yeah. Like, typically generations are, like, 15 to 20-year gaps and like it's not like the the baby boomers who were born in 1946 had an exact same upbringing as the people born in yeah. like 1960 right and, but i think maybe we can pivot a little bit from this when to talk about something more interesting which would be that uh um i hear a lot that people talk about how 90s kids especially like millennials um like in the late 80s early 90s are particularly nostalgic and depressed about things is because we have that nostalgia for a childhood before the digital revolution. Like we remember rotary phones. We remember going outside and playing and having like it being, remember
1: the outdoors.
0: Yeah. And like, we remember it being like a special thing where you'd have to unplug the phone. No one could call us for like a few hours for us to actually go on, like dial up the that kind of thing, you know, like uh, so, people do say that like millennials within that time period are, are particularly nostalgic and maybe depressed about uh, maybe not depressed but maybe extra nostalgic because we're kind of like pre digital and post digital at the same time versus like generation. Well, how, C, are more, is, how are we more How are we more pro nostalgia than the people you know born decades ago who said, "Oh, weren't the times before civil rights good? <laughs> <you> make America <laughs> did, did great again." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, it's just... I mean, accusing one generation of being more nostalgic than the other seems pointless, especially since, like, how much of the comic book movies is literally funded by the nostalgia of, like, people who read comics in the 60s. Yeah, that's true. All right, you guys don't feel that one. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, strongly disagree. Well, granted, it's Buzzfeed. Not all of them are going to be win. Not every post some random person made. Yeah, yeah. Surprise! Buzzfeed had an all-around home run. (laughs) Let's see. Um, This one doesn't make sense. I'm going to skip it. Let's see. Here's one. When I try to set boundaries with a baby boomer, and they accuse me of being rude and entitled. uh, and then it gets petty no that's exactly what you are I'm not going to apologize for having a backbone blah 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 let's just make this one about um, what do you here let's turn it into this what do you think about the phrase uh, boomer doomer for coronavirus and the the, the buzz around uh, okay boomer what do you think about that that like kind of millennial boomer hatred toward each other that manifests itself in these like Kind of bitchy, you know, kind well, of Well, it's funny because this whole BuzzFeed article is about things millennials are tired of boomers saying about them. So then the fact that the baby boomers turn around and go, you're being mean to me, is a little rich. It's funny. Do you like the idea of coronavirus being called the boomer doomer? <laughs> I, <laughs> I personally mean, it's enjoy that. <laughs> yeah, boomer doomer. Well, I mean, especially like there's a certain kind of uh, karma in the fact that the People who voted for the president, who's doing absolutely nothing to help solve or fix the coronavirus problem, is also making some of them die, unfortunately. yeah. And well, is that, is yeah. that terrible? Yes. yes. Is it karma? Maybe a little bit, since you have a lot of old people refusing to believe any medical expert anywhere, I, and still going to public places and church. saying Trump knows more about this than anyone else.
1: I will just like to say, as a medical-ish person... Please do not think you can't get it as a millennial. You are, We are 26 to 40. We are not immune, and we've already had people in the 30s to 40s category die. Well, maybe that's karma, just too, that some statement. millennials are
0: getting really sick, too, and it's not just a walk you in the park die. if you're under 30. <laughs> hey, Please Katie, real quick, side note. I recently did a satire article saying that Donald Trump claimed he cured himself of coronavirus by giving himself a Diet Coke enema. Uh, how medically accurate was I with that article? S-
1: super inaccurate. <laughs>
0: super inaccurate? All right, so you can't... Was it the, the enema
1: part or just the Diet Coke? <laughs> yeah, yeah. which was
0: a it? Different soda. Yeah. Different soda, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, Dew, yeah Dr. Dr. Pepper.
0: pepper. What about Mountain Dew? <laughs> about Mountain
1: Dew? <laughs> yeah, Mountain Dew is so, so, like, toxic. That well, you, you we
0: know Mountain pepper. Dew is good for you because it's green.
1: Yeah, it's green like the yeah, mountains. It's healthy
0: like a plant. <laughs> yeah. All right, here's another Basically way. a Vegetable. Here's a number, here's number 13. The claim is that America or sorry, millennials are the generation of entitlements while boomers sit on their fat pensions and social security checks and choke up the workforce. Yeah, we're the entitled ones. I mean that's I mean, at least kind as of far as point. the south goes, at least as far as the south goes, I remember a certain generation some time ago where they didn't want to do any work and actually just have black people do everything for them. So I don't think millennials are the most entitled generation. Yeah, what was that like 5, 6 generations ago, I guess? If some <laughs> people were pretty old. Yeah. 18 yeah. roughly the 1850s. <laughs> Is this there's an some...
1: argument for who's more entitled? Yeah,
0: I, I mean it's it's so pointless. Every generation I mean has issues, has things they're good at. I mean there's I mean there's no generation that's universally the worst except the baby boomers. <laughs>
1: he's not biased yeah yeah there you go
0: alright let's see oh here's a good one when people say things like when I was born 18 year olds were fighting in Vietnam risking their lives for the country now 18 year olds just have to go to school and party and they have it so much easier um i hate this i hate i always see this stuff on facebook they say you have the side-by-side pictures they go this was you know 18 year olds in 1944 storming d-day this is 18 year olds now and it shows some like fat kid with dyed hair complaining about something and it's just like there are still 18 year olds signing up to join the marine corps and serving tours in afghanistan and iraq And what's interesting is they signed up, even though their entire lives we've been in the exact same war, solving nothing and fixing nothing over in the Middle East. And they still sign up to go do that. So what does that say about this current generation? I think it says a lot. Yeah, at least Vietnam for a while, you know, we thought we were doing like the domino theory and like, you know, preserving democracy and. I don't know what capitalism and freedom and stuff like that. It's really, well, hard yeah, to they make had that the benefit case of me. 19 years into Iraq. Oh, yeah, you know. Well, I mean, in Vietnam, for a lot of the early years, the government was straight up lying about how successful it was, yeah, um, that's true. and saying they weren't going to get more involved. And then, you know, they had the mission creep going through, so more and more soldiers were going. And then you had a point where you had 500,000 soldiers over there. So, I mean, like, um. So, yeah, I mean, they were lied to at first. I don't think anyone in America was under any impression that things weren't going well by 2006 when they needed the surge, if you recall. And then, you know, flash, you know, 10 years into the future, 15 years in the future, there's still people deployed in the Middle East. Yeah, good one there. I think we're all in agreement there. Um,
1: I have said (laughs) nothing.
0: Do you agree? I don't
1: know. (laughs) I don't know enough.
0: I want to stay in Iraq 30 more years. Never leave. Um, I'm skipping this one. It's just boring about how we're all tech savvy. Who gives a shit? Um, I'm not
1: tech savvy. You
0: know what's funny is if you complain about all millennials, is that like a complaint that we're tech savvy? I don't get that. That's like saying like, hey, here's the economy of the future. Oh, look at these kids. They all care about computers. <laughs> They're good. Look oh. at these kids. They all know how to control the computers with their eye flickers and blinks. <laughs> Their parents. Yeah. Look, these yeah, kids are whatever. intimately involved with the economy of the future. Cool. Um, here's one. When people say stupid shit about millennials not being able to read books because they don't have buttons.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then it, and then, then it has a quote. You gotta give them. That's funny.
0: No, yeah. but I mean, how many how many how many boomers you think don't read a book a, a year? Oh, probably yeah. most of them. Do you think Donald Trump is reading books? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, Donald Trump and Donald Trump Jr. now both have written more books than they've read. (laughs) That idea always cracks me up. This one comes with the quote, shut the fuck up, Deborah. I know how a book works, it's your dumb ass that can't reboot your own internet without my help. Yeah, (laughs) that's true. That's kind of true. Yeah. I love when people like, you know, they'll put, do on Facebook, Google, how do I do this? Oh, I thought I was Googling it. It's like a Facebook comment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, I digress. Um, <clears throat> let's see. This is another one about nostalgia, kind of meh. Let's go to the next page. Um, here Here's one. It says, I'm raising my first child and I'm sick and tired of the I turned out fine or I did this and my kids turned out fine. They'll use it to try to persuade today's parents against using car seats, bike helmets, health food, flashcards, whatever. And then then they go, no, you 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 didn't turn out fine. You're an (laughs) obese alcoholic who didn't complete high school. You're a drug addict. Kids aren't, or your drug addict kids aren't fine either. Little shade there. Well, I think, and we were just talking about this before, how every generation is just either... Uh, directly Indirectly Inadvertently Accidentally Fucking up their kids In some way yeah. And it just cycles down Generation to generation I mean we're doing
1: No better in my opinion I think our kids Will have just as many problems They'll just be A little bit different Than the problems Our parents gave us And what their guys- parents gave them What do you guys think about social
0: media, like, harming kids and that, like, you never get a break? Whereas at least when we were kids, if you were made fun of all the time and bullied on the weekends, you could go home and not see anybody or hear anything and everyone would forget about shit for a weekend?
1: (laughs) Yeah, but AIM is not
0: the same as, like, Tumblr and Instagram and Facebook. With the bullying... You can't really bully people, like, publicly with AIM. (laughs) Yeah, but you can't can't, uh, on a purely public level where everyone can see...
1: It's actually more personal if you get bullied over aim.
0: Yeah, but again, it's, I think the, uh, the community visibility aspect of it is way more uh, aggressive than you just it's... aiming someone. Hey, you suck. <laughs> well, think of the bullying, though. Is bullying any worse than it used to be? Because, like, you know, what are the cliches with, like, the 70s and stuff? You know, kids getting picked on and beat up at school as opposed to being called names online. So the, the type of bullying has changed a little yeah. bit. Um, and the means of bullying has changed, but it still exists in the state. Like, kids are dicks. It's just a fact of life.
1: Absolutely. That's why we need structure.
0: Yeah, and if anything, it's like, I don't know, just you need more parenting and people to be... Because a lot of kids who bully other kids are just kids who are being, being hurt or beat or home. bullied at home. Yep. I guess. Um, but, I mean, like, with social media... I, I read a Time article recently. I think it was Time... They were saying that, uh, like, girls are, like, basically suffering this war of, like, horrible, like, psychological damage from social media and always being compared, oh especially, like, bodily. No, there's, sure. a, there's a guy who wrote a book about it named Jonathan Haidt. He's a really interesting guy, and he talked about that, how, um, since boys' bullying is generally more physical, um and, like, short-term than girls are. Girls are very psychological and will be at it for, like, They're long periods of time <laughs> until they get what they want. Yeah. Um, so they, you know, he, Jonathan Haight had an interesting kind of solution. He was saying that, like, it's hard for parents to not have their kids be on phones, smartphones, and the internet all day if all the other kids are. So his solution was that you need to have more leadership from, like, schools yes. and, like, the school principal... To uniformly tell all the parents, you know, like, you all need to take away these devices from your kids. That way, the, the, the parents don't have to feel like they're making their kids feel left out. Oh, my gosh. And then it does wonders for teenage girls. I mean, the real problem is teenage girls who are being bullied the way they look, like, night and day by people and strangers. They don't even know. And that just makes it so much worse.
1: Hey, that'll solve two problems, because instead of dealing drugs, then they'll deal in phones. <laughs>
0: Interesting. (laughs) Yeah. What about all the girls who get bullied by fucking boomers? Like, old people that just have nothing better to do than to bully little girls. Have you ever seen stuff like that? Well, look at Donald Trump, the way Donald Trump talks about women. Yeah, that's true.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think the bullying's been around forever with the girls, too. I think it's just more widespread now because it's easier to do. And the standards have become ridiculous.
0: Well, it's different, too, now, because, like, especially for girls, I mean, it, there's always been, you know, people blame Barbie for this phenomenon, but, you know, they blame everything. They blame, you know, the phenomenon that women want to look pretty, and then, then there other people judge them. So, like, but to some degree... is
1: telling them what is pretty. They're, that's always at the core of it. It's yeah. funny, if you look at the generational and historical... Change in the way that women one dress and try to appear, um, it's cultural. It is swayed by I guess whatever you want to call media back in the day, and and what people's preferences are. So like you can look at and this I find interesting because I love anatomy. You can look at the anatomy of women that wore the corsets for their whole life. You can actually see anatomical changes where their rib cages have actually sunk in. And their livers and spleens and all the organs that push up against kind of the bottom edge of that rib cage are misshapen because of the structure of the corset and the amount of time they wore it in their life. Same thing with foot binding in China. Yeah. Like, they did it because they thought it was pretty. It was painful. It was honestly kind of like mutilation. Um, and... But they did it because that was the cultural accepted pretty. Now, if you make the cultural accepted pretty anything, then you may lose some of this.
0: Well, and and my point was just that in the old days, like, there wasn't social media. So if someone called you ugly, it was just someone at school. But now, like, a teenage girl can take a picture of themselves. And even on most social media, almost no one but their friends will see it until they start hashtagging. Because they specifically want a lot of people to see it mm. in the hope that they get likes. So then they hashtag it. Then you have like upwards of millions of people able to see it. And then people are dicks on the internet and will say, you're ugly or you have a weird nose or something. And that's <laughs> something that, like you know what I mean? It's just useless, unnecessary meanness. The
1: danger of opinions. Yeah, because... it's
0: the YouTube comments of life. And um, that never would have happened before. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, and people so are meaner when there's your name's not attached to it. And you yeah, have the anonymity get get of the internet. Face.
1: Back in the day, you knew who didn't like you. Now, today, you just don't know who they actually are.
0: I guess, yeah, to some degree, you didn't have that like worldwide fame capacity of being like a fifteen-year-old suddenly getting all of this notoriety via logarithms that you know think you're you know yeah. something people want to see.
1: Cause I can guarantee women have been bullying each other and getting bullied for ages because we've always been in competition.
0: Yeah, I think we can all agree women are the worst. Yep. <laughs>
1: Katie, are you a bully?
0: Have you bullied others?
1: I've never bullied, but I have been bullied.
0: You want to out them right now?
1: No. No. That would be bullying. <laughs> I guess. Don't fight fire
0: with fire. Um. All right. Let's see. Um, this is the whole constant need to feed millennials' egos thing. Need for immediate gratification. Maybe if we were given, oh, a... we little... had that. Well, no. I don't <laughs> think. I don't think any group of people is any different in this regard. Immediate yeah. gratification, really? Uh, a need for like. I mean, what were the other things you said? Immediate need for gratification and what? To feed their egos. Oh, yeah. We're obsessed with checking to see if we're doing a good job. Yeah. I mean, why do people argue about politics on Facebook and Twitter if no other reason to try to feed their ego that they're smarter than everyone else? And immediate gratification, I mean... We 100% do that. That's like the entire history of human nature. How much of human, uh, human history would be different if people could actually... Uh, withstand the temptations of immediate satisfaction. Uh, satis- well, there. Well, if you go if
1: you go back far enough, there was no immediate gratification. You had to go hunt a thing, kill the thing, cook the thing, eat the thing. That's not immediate. No, I'm talking my leg
0: in. Yeah. Now okay. we. Sit, not hunter. <laughs> now
1: we sit on our couch. We go. I'm hungry. I ate an hour ago. I don't care. I'm gonna order it. It's gonna come to my door. And right now, that's a good thing. Stay inside, people and order food online but uh, it is a little bit
0: unless there's a sick party you want to go to
1: I mean we don't even have to get up and go to the store anymore you've got to give that credit and I guarantee uh, right now is a weird time this doesn't really apply but I mean I have friends that don't ever shop they just order stuff to their house so they don't have to get in their car and drive two minutes hey, which isn't even walking. hey saving emissions
0: saving <laughs> the planet no you're not because then how, how does it get to your house yeah
1: <laughs> Good point. <laughs> well, no,
0: I'm just saying, like, is that like the worst thing in the world it that any generation could ever have happen? It's that you don't bad have to go to the health. store sometimes.
1: It's not great for our health. I also think that it's bad socially. I mean, do you think people said the same socially. thing
0: when they said, "Oh, look, the newspaper's delivered to your door. You don't even have to go and get it from the boy. You lost his job yeah. because oh, of that. The you don't even have to go to, go to the ice paid. store to get ice. Some delivery yeah. man will give
1: ice to your house."
0: Oh, yeah, people are so lazy today. You have a refrigerator that makes ice for you.
1: I have to say, I'm 100% on the opposite side on this one. Yeah, I think we'd be better off with a little more troubles.
0: <laughs> one thing that I don't get is all the people that are, like, making everything smart in their house with some kind of Google or Amazon device that literally, like, is, you know, is a sneaky way designed to, like, uncover every aspect of, like, human... Uh, you know, like, speech and faces and uh, wants and desires and to, like, just maximize the ability to advertise to us. If that, you don't you know, have we'll, an Alexa, we'll be used for bad someday. If
1: you don't have an Alexa, you're still getting watched. I mean, just try it. Talk around your phone about something and then see what your ads are. It's really creepy. I talked about wine yesterday, and I had every single Instagram ad was for a wine delivery service to my home. And I went, that's weird. I didn't type it into my phone. It heard what I said. It repopulated my ads. That creeps me out a little bit. Well,
0: yeah, there's no doubt there's certain ads that are probably with their code tapping into your phone's, like, microphone and stuff. And then, all. I mean, it's all for money, right? It's not yeah. for nefarious purposes. And they achieved so it because I did it. So far, yeah. <laughs> well, here, here, here's the uh, thing on that. I mean, Facebook's app has been caught doing that. And yep. You know, I, in my opinion, when you have someone like Mark Zuckerberg saying, what's good for people isn't necessarily what's good for Facebook. And I think that's when you become kind of like the uh, evil bad guy boss who you need <laughs> to be defeated. You know what I mean? Like, Wait, that, you, that's when you, you become Lex Luthor. You said what? what's good for people is not necessarily good for Facebook? No, that's what he said. Oh, as, as if, if you like do things that aren't good for people to make them good for Facebook? Well, I mean, and there were there were those stories about how they were purposely for you know trying to maximize ad revenue and just experiment with what gets people to click on stuff, and they were purposely putting negative, all negative like stories and news uh, items in people's feed just to see how they react.
1: Like, that's doing a social experiment without consent. Yeah. That's a problem.
0: Morally wrong, you might Yeah. You well, might it's also that.
1: not accepted in the scientific community if yeah. you do stuff like that. Well, there's, I've definitely but noticed not that. they're not trying that because,
0: to get published. They're trying to just make more money. Yeah, True. I've definitely noticed that because there are people that you look at their photos, and you don't even have to interact with it, like, like it or hate it or sad or angry face. But Facebook's logarithm knows when you slow down and look at what somebody posted... Yeah. And I've noticed that because there are people who are like uh, who I know who are like train wrecks, and I'm not looking at their content because I like it or whatever. I'm like <laughs> judging them out hardcore. <laughs> core. Yeah, wow. Was that? <laughs> I said do you want to call anyone out for that? Oh, one? yeah, people? right. No, yeah, not specifically, but I have noticed that like Facebook then will start showing me all of their stuff, even though I've never once interacted with it. The logarithm just knows when I'm scrolling down the feed, and it gets to their like train wreck of a life you know i start seeing more of their posts because it knows i'll slow down and like watch the the burning like truck on the side of the road you know which you know call bullshit on facebook on that like i don't really want to see that but facebook knows that i've been like drawn to that you know i think the solution is just get rid of social media you'll be happier i agree yeah but how do you do that like if you have any kind of business that's you know like the number one way to make money now How could you possibly, and even like. Well, no, I mean, you can do it for business purposes, but for you personally, there's no reason to subject yourself to a lot of these problems that social media is causing individually for people's psyches.
1: Oh, yeah, the mental health problem that's erupted from this is pretty catastrophic. Yeah,
0: and the fact that you, like, constantly check your Instagram if you post something because you want to see if it got likes.
1: You're constantly evaluating yourself off of other people's opinions, and other people make opinions and just snap judgments, and it means nothing. It doesn't matter what somebody else thinks about your post. Who gives a shit? Who cares? They're sitting on a toilet somewhere scrolling through their Instagram feed and they are not thinking about you. They're thinking about themselves. It has nothing. And that's why I think it doesn't work.
0: Yeah, that's true because it definitely gives a sense of community to all like the weirdest elements of our society as well. I think Jim Jeffries had a joke that was like something to the effect of like it used to be if you like wanted to fuck squirrels um, you know, <laughs> you you would just be alone at your house thinking, Oh, look at sad me. I'm the only one in the world who likes to fuck squirrels and then with the internet now you can find a whole community of people who want to go out and fuck squirrels. Yeah. And well, you that's can like go that you brony know. thing. Why What's that? Would, why on earth would you have any number of people really get into the brony thing if they didn't have a sense of community <laughs> yeah, and <they> enjoy <laughs> each other's company while doing right. it. And, and it's, it's the same like, thing with that thing? now. Like, the people who find community with people who want to, like, go shoot up schools and stuff. Yeah, Bill Burr has a bit about that, talking about, remember when people used to have shame? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it did lead to a lot of bullying, but say what what you want to, you know, at least it had some, like, median level of, like, what was acceptable in culture, you know, at some point, you know. Well, no, sometimes you need to be told how to be a normal human. Like, when you showed up to high school at, like, you know, 15 years old, not wearing deodorant for weeks, and someone told you, hey, go buy a fucking stick of deodorant, and it taught you, oh, yeah, I should probably go do that be a <laughs> yeah, normal person. or people will say shit to me. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. All right, we're yeah. in about an hour. Any other comments? Last uh, thesis, kind of conclusion statements about the millennial generation or it the says, boomers? Well, no, I think any generation that complains about another generation has their head in their ass.
1: I would agree with that statement.
0: Because it's not like uh, the greatest generation was complaining about rock and roll and Elvis and civil rights. (laughs) You know what I mean? So the fact that they have the monopoly on what's normal and what should be expected of a new generation and and get to gatekeep on uh, what makes productive, useful members of society is stupid.
1: And we're gonna be just like the generation above us. I mean, oh yeah. We're gonna look at the next one and go, I can't believe they do that. I can't believe they their hologram peed on me. Like we're gonna be mad at them, and it's gonna be because their experience is different than ours. And as well, human beings, we hate difference. Is there any way to when
0: when the future generation all get married to sex robots who can fulfill all of our physical needs better than any human being can? Uh, can we can we judge them a little bit?
1: I mean, we will judge them. That's the, that's the whole point, is we will. But I won't be there, because I'll be murdering all the robots.
0: Oh, you will be. <laughs> what happens when they yeah. are legally declared human? <laughs> and I'm now you'll indeed. go to prison forever. No, then
1: I'll go to space. It should be ready by then.
0: <laughs> yeah, space. right. Space go. will be ready. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Ch- cheers to all the millennials out there, and the baby boomers who, uh, you know, doing your own thing. Alright, I'm Dash McIntyre I'm Adrian Pope And our special guest I'm Velma Velma, alright, there we go Totally realistic sounding name Alright, thanks for listening to Brain Brain Milk, everybody Coming up is our guitar solo